Well, hello, EKN Nation. Welcome to a new edition of the EKN Debrief. It is our race report podcast. Episode number 117 is Monday, September the 11th. Essentially a week away. We weren't able to get this done last week. And uh, of course, the days that followed the 2023 Extreme Rock Island Grand Prix, uh, the Labor Day Classic, of course, held each uh, uh, September in Rock Island, Illinois. We're not able to get quite to it. I was on the road. David was busy. Nate was on the road. Kind of a deal. So it's all happy today. So my name is Rob Howden, joined by David Cole. We'll jump into this thing here. Today's show presented by DID Chain. Powered by technology, DID Racing Chains have a worldwide reputation for superior quality and reliability. A rich, tradition, a rich racing tradition where race results speak for themselves, DID prides itself on engineering the most technologically advanced chains on the market to help you excel on and off the track. Pick up a DID chain at your local dealer today because when winning is the only thing that matters, go with DID. All right, David Cole, back at it for a new week here. I know it's a week on from Rock Island. You were there once again. Um, looked like you had a good time, some, some decent weather as well, which was good. But uh, the bottom line is, what, 28 races in total? How many races in total have they done? 28th edition. Wow. Man, that's crazy. Back in 1994, first couple of editions, right? 94, 95, 96 little break for some issues <laughs> then back in 1998 yeah and then an issue in 2020 uh of course. We all, uh, recall and yeah. uh yeah so third uh third year running uh 2021 2022 2023 this year and yeah as you said weather was um you know that was all that's always a question i know yeah. many years it's it's had a rain you know we had rain last year uh rain another year many other times before 2003 comes to mind with a I lot of rain. rain yep um you know so rain's always kind of been a factor there this time it wasn't uh, there was zero, almost zero percent chance of rain uh, all weekend long which is which is a rarity nice. uh, for rock island grand prix weekend and labor day weekend there in the quad cities region but you got to expect warm weather and that's what happened i mean the skies were clear there is not a cloud to be found. So the sun was just beating down on us all day long. So it felt warmer than 90 degrees, you know, about 91 degrees, I think was the high on Sunday, but uh, certainly felt warmer with not a, not a break in the, and uh, with the clock with any clouds. So, yeah. um, but that, you know, so that was a positive, you know, the weather was great. So it, it helped bring some spectators in because, you know, if there's any threat of rain, they stay home. So, yeah, so that helped. Um, yeah, no, no weather delays. So that's always a good positive as well, too. So all in all, uh, a good uh, weather weekend for the Rock Island Grand Prix. Let, and let's just say this. It makes it easier on the mechanics and the teams as well, right? Anytime you're going back and forth between like a wet session and it's starting to dry, you're thrashing, you're putting on your wets, you're putting your dries back on. It's always I always find that to be the worst weekends for the mechanics when you're kind of going back and forth. So if you got a perfect weekend, upper 80s, low 90s, that from the mechanics, that's solid. Yeah, but it's fun to watch that. <laughs> Listen, but we're on the sidelines, David. We don't. We're on the wrench. side, but but a street race, it would either you want it to be dry the whole weekend or you want it to be wet the whole weekend because, like you said, the going back and forth is a little bit more difficult. You but you don't want it to rain too much because then it starts flooding the streets and then yeah. you gotta. That's the that's the other side of it too because. I will say there's nothing like running Rock Island Grand Prix in the wet weather. I loved that's, it. That's yeah. something that's unique uh compared to a regular racetrack in the wet so that it, it does add a little different element and it kind of bunches up the field a little more and there's people who won't even do it in the rain so um so it. for us wild ones who love the rain that it, it's just better i ran master shifter in the rain it was yeah 
awesome. <laughs> I had so much fun. Then you got to watch out for the crown of the road because the thing, the cart just wants to rotate on you when you get over the hill, but uh, over the side of the, of the road. But man, I love that year in the rain. That was so much fun. Now, David, let's do the buy the numbers as we always do in our in our debriefs here. 224 back in 2021. A dip below the 200 mark last year uh, at 199, but they got back up over 10 more entries, uh, but a 5% growth from last year. 209 entries was the final total. Uh, all told, a, a lot of categories, as we know, so many drivers because of the way the kind of weekend rolls through. A lot of guys will do double duty. You were in more than one category for the first time, I think, this year as well, running in the Ignite uh, Senior 1, 2, and Ignite Masters classes. Overall, did it feel uh, like a solid event still? Again, over 200 entries. Well, you got drivers who are running nine, six. True. Um, so that that's kind of the downs. I think we're at it was at it's less than a hundred racers. So that's okay. that's when you look at it over that. Yeah. Um, I don't have the exact figure on it, but I want to say somewhere around seventy to maybe eighty, um, give or take a few. So yeah, I ran the ignite all three ignite categories uh, in 2019. So that I, I did both senior classes and masters. And I, you know, it's, it's better to do it that way because of course you're getting more track time. And that's really what it boils down to is that I'm able to get six practice sessions in over, over the course of the two rounds of practice rather than just two. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. So that certainly helps that. And that's why a lot of people do the multiple categories to get more seat time. You also have the double finals for categories such as Ignite, Briggs Heavy, Briggs Medium. Uh, and then so and then a couple categories. You have your King of the Rock categories, but also the regular categories. So those will be double dipping as well, too. So, um, yeah, yeah, when you look across the board, it, the entries are, are very similar to what we had last year and the year before that. Um, certainly the drop-off has been in, in King of the Streets. We only had five drivers in that category, which I saw is kind that. of a shame. It is a shame. Um, you know, we're starting to see an uptick again in shifter cart racing here in the U.S., so maybe we'll see something like that. But again, I think it boils down to, when you look at across the board, um, in terms of the, the racers that go there, it, it's just... It, we're seeing a different type of generation coming up through the sport of karting where... Um, you know, you look at the racers who race Rock Island, they'll race anything. They'll jump in anything and they'll do it, whether it be carts, cars, anything. They'll, yep. they'll, they'll, they, it's almost like the no fear aspect of, of our sport. And, and so that's, I think what we're seeing a decline in, you know, because we've seen street racing still going on in Ohio and Indiana, but we're just not, you know, those, those numbers were dwindling as well too. So I think that's kind of part of it. So, you know, maybe we got to start gearing towards getting the 20 somethings who, you know, aren't racing at the national level, maybe doing regional racing, maybe at the club. Those are kind of the people I think Rock Island Grand Prix needs to kind of pinpoint and start working on rather than trying to get national racers. in. I don't think the national racers, because, again, all of them are under the age of 18. They're all tapped out too. And, well, and they're all tapped out. Exactly. You know, luckily for some racers, they were able to be here because there wasn't anything scheduled on top um, this year around last year. We saw that uh, with the whole race versus chase situation. Yep. So, um, yeah, there's just a lot of different factors. Um, I'm working on a column that I hope to get done. It's just like <laughs> there's not enough hours in the day uh, to be able to to, to write what I want to say. So it's just a lot of ideas, because I think I think now, you know, when you're looking at numbers wise, there's got to be a change or something's got to kind of kind of give and 
not really focus on the numbers, but kind of focus on the event itself. Yeah. Yeah. I understand where you're coming from. And it's interesting because like we said, you know, you look at some of the numbers, this is our by the numbers segment. So, you know, Briggs 206 heavy at 21, their second category offer was at 14. You've got Briggs 206 medium at 17. Uh, their, their two was, at, uh, their, their second offer, offer uh, offering was 16. 206 masters was, was 14. You know, the ignite classes, what there was like 13 drivers in the ignite senior class. When we've seen 20 plus there was 10 in the master's category, you know, just a couple of years ago, we were at 12. Uh, David, you mentioned the, the, the shifter stuff, which we are seeing a return of a, of a bunch more shifter drivers, but we're seeing it mostly on the national level, right? Whether it's uh, Scusa Pro, the Scusa Pro Tour, USPKS, the Stars Championship, uh, where those drivers are running so many races throughout the year, other regional programs. There was five in open shifter, five in open shifter masters, just five in king of the streets, as you said. Um, you know, the bottom, the bottom line is, I think, to, to cap off this deal is, is 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 there is there any way to bring some of the big teams back, right? If you, especially when it comes comes to shifter cart drivers, that's where the shifter carts are growing right now. They're growing on the national level, and you know, we saw Andrew Bedozo there with the Magic guys. Uh, you know, what's it take for for PSL carding to say, you know what, we're going to come to Rock Island this year, and we're going to you know we're going to rock this thing, and we're going to bring six guys. You know, let's bring bring our whole crew. See if Martin Kremers or Hunter Pickett can put a rock on their resume. You know, is that is that something that's even a possibility? Well, I think you have to have the right conversations for one, but you also have to have a schedule that works. And that, you know, looking at, you know, 2023 Labor Day weekend was an off weekend for a lot of these big major teams that go across the country. And, you know, PSL, because since you brought it up, they're in Canada. So they have races in Canada that are keeping them nonstop busy. Uh, Because, as you know, the Canada schedule is just locked and loaded from, from May to September. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of racing that's going on. So I, I think that's, that's a, I think you're going to have to look at some of the smaller teams. Um, you know, magic cart USA, they're, they're not a massive team like that. Um, and they're not focused solely on kids. And I think that's, those are the teams maybe that you can start um, directing towards, you know, you know, we had Harden, motorsports group there for a number of years but they've they've kind of you know uh stepped away from the sport a little bit uh because of of just the way things have gone uh but maybe you know focus on focus on the smaller teams you know i i i think billy musgrave was somebody quoted him this 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 that week during the weekend is yeah it was fun but i'll never go back so you know factory carts being there would have been a a great idea too yep um but the, but you have to have the right drivers as well too, and I, I think that's where the focus needs to be. You know, where the fo- there's there's a lot of focus on around the Briggs categories. I think that's great, but I think there could be kind of a push to the hundred cc side of things because now that everybody's kind of pretty much on the same engine package, whether it be you know the KA or even bringing the VLR in if they want to. Yep. I think that's the category we can start to see growing into bigger bigger numbers. Cool. Because we already know the numbers are out there for for Briggs 206 racers. It's a matter of getting the racers to come and race it. Yep. Um I think we have numbers now in, you know, there's plenty of masters drivers that are racing 100cc, so we'll maybe what maybe do we add KA, you know, a senior or masters 100cc category? Um, yeah, you know, right. to kind of entice them to come, you know, where they could do senior and master. And even if they wanted to King of the rock 100 as well, too. Um, just to, uh, so, because again, I think that type of generation, those 30 and above 
are more likely to come race Rock Island because of the fun on and off the racetrack, but also because they they understand it and they're a little bit more crazy than the uh, the younger generation. <laughs> All right, folks, let's continue on with this edition of our uh, EKN Debrief, episode number 117. We're going to do a deep dive into the Rock Island Grand Prix, which happened on Labor Day weekend. When we get back after this break, we're going to dive into the Paddock Pass. That'll be next up. David will give us a bunch of the information away from the race report. Ready to step up your game? Joining the Rawlison Performance Group is the obvious choice to take your racing to the next level. Industry-leading driver development is provided by our staff of multi-time national champions, Super Nationals winners, and Team USA members. And at the same time, RPG continues to be a national-level powerhouse race team. Our goal is to help you raise your game and win races. We work with all age groups and are focused on developing those cadet and junior drivers who are ready to take the next step in their racing program. Rawlison Performance Group has set a new standard with our in-house engine program, AVP Engines, headed by Alex Vincent. AVP has become the benchmark in IAMI competition. We have the largest OTK inventory that follows our race team, providing trackside parts at all the major events in North America. RPG also offers multilingual support with French, Spanish, and Portuguese-speaking staff. If you want to fight for championships or want to improve your skills and your chances to win, the answer is to call RPG at 503-260-4514. The Rawls Performance Group. We race to win. OpenFender.com is a way for racers like you to raise money to reach your racing goals. I'm founder Mason Filippi of the world's first motorsports funding platform. As a racer, I know that there's a lot we do behind the scenes before hitting the track. Driving fast, winning races comes after a lot of prep, practice, and let's face it, a lot of money. The good news is that fans and sponsors want you to win. They want to help you and be part of your team. That's why I created OpenFender.com, to get these supporters funding your dreams and getting you across the finish line. In a few minutes, you can set up a profile, share it on your socials, and encourage fans and sponsors to boost your racing. Racers using OpenFender are averaging over $1,000 per campaign. This is money that's buying them parts, paying fees, and getting them to the next level. Join OpenFender now and start funding your performance. Hey there, my name is Dion Valmoltka, and I grew up karting and was fortunate enough to one day achieve my dream of becoming a professional race car driver. Looking back at my career, the most fun I had was in karting, but it was also one of the most challenging times in my career too. I often found myself craving expert guidance from someone who had been there before, that had done it and knew the right path forward, but it just wasn't available. And that's why I created Blaze Coaching. It's a platform designed to ensure every driver has the chance to learn from the best, from those who have faced the challenges and know what it takes to become a champion in our sport. Just imagine being coached by 2023 Indy 500 winner Joseph Newgarden, or Indy 500 front wheel qualifier Spencer Piggott, or how about Acura factory driver Ricky Taylor? They're all here as coaches on Blaze, ready to help you along your path. It's designed to meet you where you are. So no matter what your experience level is, where you race, what you race, or what your goals are, your Blaze coach is there to help. Are you ready to unlock your potential? Visit blaze.io backslash carding today. That's B-L-A-Y-Z-E dot I-O backslash carding. 
Welcome back to the ECAN Debrief. It is episode 117. We are talking about the Rock Island Grand Prix this uh, past Labor Day weekend. It's September 11th right now. So let's jump now into the Paddock Pass. Rob Howden alongside David Cole here. Paddock Pass presented by Franklin Motorsports. Franklin Motorsports is a leader in the karting industry with over 50 years of combined karting experience, and they can provide you with everything you need to go racing. With a large online product selection, select track support events, and a wide variety of shop services, Franklin Motorsports is your complete karting source. They specialize in IME engines, tillet seats, and of course, their championship-winning Merlin chassis. They've been supplying racers with start-to-finish support at race events for years, from providing a helping hand on a weekday test outing or at a club event, to full arrive and drive packages at the highest level of karting competition. For all things karting, visit franklincart.com. All right, David, you were the one that was tracking out all weekend long with both coverage and some time behind the wheel. Uh, let's jump into the paddock pass. What do you got from this year's Rock Island Grand Prix? Well, one thing is getting to Rock Island, Illinois, it certainly looked a little different um, when we got to the hotel and, and walking around the paddock and racetrack. There was last year, for those who were saw some pictures, there was no building at turn six. That was one of the big changes that we saw last year. Well, now there's a new building constructed. It's not completed yet. So last year we had a lot of problem with dust and dirt getting blown onto the racetrack between turns five and six. So not as much this year, thankfully with an actual building being there, but there was still dirt around it. There's still, it's still under construction, but uh, so made it look a little different, but the biggest change was the, uh, the new parking lot by the hotel. The, the parking structure was demolished and they just put in a uh, regular parking lot. So that kind of helped things out. And that's one thing, Rock Island, if you've seen on social media, they're really looking at putting, pouring in a lot of money into um, re, revitalizing the downtown area. So nice. hopefully that'll be coming. Nothing's really changed other than that building and the parking lot. But, uh, you know, hopefully... Uh, the plans that are in place will be changed. Uh, they did change up that Goodyear building that we we uh, are at at the start finish line a little bit. So it looks yeah. like they're going to try and start utilizing that building as well, too. I know there's there's just a lot of buildings that seem to be abandoned <laughs> Okay. from uh, when we first started going to the Rock Island Grand Prix. So um, hopefully their uh, the revitalization is uh, at the beginning process and will continue and we'll keep going back and seeing big changes. What about the track, David? I know that you you mentioned when you and I were kind of chatting a little bit uh, throughout the weekend. Of course, I was out in Portland for the finale of the USF Pro Championships. You talked about the track being a little more narrow than it was last year, or at least in years past. Yeah, if you if you watched my one minute flats uh, Saturday morning and and at the end of Saturday, you know after getting on track and racing, the track was narrowed up a, a bit um, in certain spots. One, two, three maybe not so much, maybe five, a little bit more, but other than that, I think the only ones that stayed the same were the right-hander and turn six. So those were about the only ones that stayed about the same. Um, really it's, it's my next point. It kind of goes hand in hand because they're focusing on spectator safety. The, um, you know, the insurance companies are really focused on, on making sure that spectators are safe. So now they're, there's kind of a, a distance they want the track barriers and the fencing to be. So they're trying to, to find that happy medium. And so that helped to narrow up the exits on a lot of the corners. You know, when you're looking at turn one and turn two, um, that's and turn five. Those are kind of the the spectator areas that uh, are, are visited a lot. So um, so those exit points were moved in a little bit narrower 
than uh, in years past. Um, So that was kind of the the biggest change, you know, and spectator safety, you know, that's, that's what we've, we keep hearing from a lot of um, events, you know, the, a lot of the street races in Ohio and Indiana have been, have been gone are gone now because of the insurance issues. So um, that's an ongoing thing. And we're going to have to keep kind of monitoring that and, and our, how the sport handles it and, you know, ways to, uh, to continue street racing and get, keeping it uh, going and alive. Yeah. And the bottom line is how many times have we talked, we said this before, right. And people talk about street racing, it's, it's taking the sport to the people, right. It, when we're not, you're not out at some, <laughs> out at some track somewhere uh, and we love our tracks, but you know, the, the, the beauty of a street circuit is bringing a lot of the public out to watch and kind of putting our, our sport on display. So whatever we can do to keep these street races going, I think it's a big thing for, for karting in general. Yeah. And that's kind of been, you know, Rock Island's goal, they, they, they amped up their social media campaign throughout 2023. So it's good to see them, you know, getting out of the 1900 and getting into two thousands with that. Uh, <laughs> um, because again, you know, they, they got to continue to keep, uh, getting people interested in it. Um, you know, obviously being a free event, spectators can just walk up and be part of it, but you know, they still have to introduce, uh, those people to the sport. Um, you know, and there was actually people from a lot of different states that were there watching that, uh, you know, I heard, I, I heard Jay uh, kind of interview as he went around the racetrack here and there, you know, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa, of course, and Illinois, but uh, other states as well, too. So that's good. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, bringing the event to people is certainly going to help our sport. And, and it's it's almost it's it's kind of like advertising. It's not free advertising because, again, these events cost a lot of money to put on. But um, it's it's always good to get get the sport in front of people so they don't have to go far to see it. And that's it. That's I think one thing that they're going to try and work on doing. Um, Corey Simpson's working with Rock Island Grand Prix. He's going to put in probably I think he said twenty five thousand dollars over the next five years to try and help revitalize the event both on and off the racetrack. You know that was always one of the things we've talked about um, is the off track stuff, the fun stuff, getting locals down there and watching and, and you gotta they gotta have a reason aside from the racing i think to to really go down there so you know the concerts and all this other stuff that uh, hopefully yeah. will be in the plans we'll see no doubt about it all right lots going on david giving us a good insight there in the paddock pass brought to you today by franklin motorsports when we get back from this quick break time to jump into the race report we'll start with king of the streets we'll look at king of the rock and of course wrapping up the king categories with king of the rock 100 cc when we get back We'll get into the race report. All over the karting world, everyone knows OTK is the gold standard for quality and performance. In the U.S., OTK USA is the source for all things OTK. From the legendary Tony Kart brand to the race-winning Cosmic and Xpre chassis, and now the new Red Speed and EOS brands, OTK quality is second to none. All five brands are winning races and championships across the country in national programs like the Rock Cup USA Florida Winter Tour and the Challenge of the Americas, the Scusa Pro Tour and Winter Series, and the Pro Kart Challenge, the United States Pro Kart Series, and the WKA Manufacturers Cup. And OTK products are also front and center on the podium of club and regional races from coast to coast. To learn more about a specific product line, you can find the OTK USA dealer near you, whether it's Tony Kart, Cosmic, Xfree, Red Speed, or EOS, visit www.otkusa.com. 
Specific chassis territories are still available, so kart shops interested in adding a winning component to their product lineups can contact OTK USA directly. For over 20 years, Greg Bell has been building race-winning power for kart racers. One need only look at his team, Leading Edge Motorsports. He's always built engines for his team, and the results have been wins at the biggest races in America, the Scusa Super Nationals and the Rock Vegas events. The name on this program, Mega Power. This year alone, Bell and Danny Formell teamed up to sweep the Rock Shifter class on the Florida Winter Tour, all on a Mega Power engine. If you want to win shifter kart races, it's time to put Mega Power on your kart. Mega Power specializes in gearbox engines, such as the TMKZ, Rock Shifter, and IME Shifter, but with almost three decades of engine building experience, Bell develops winning motors for X30 and Mini Swift and everything in between. The combination of Greg Bell's engine building skills and his chassis tuning knowledge is a potent mixture. Greg's helped catapult many drivers to wins over the years, including Mercedes F1 star George Russell, who won the Super Nats 14 in 2011 with Leading Edge Motorsports. Increase your odds of winning at this year's Rock Vegas or Super National events or throughout 2023 by calling Greg Bell today at 209-747-2613 to put mega power in your corner. Kometic Gasket is a leading worldwide supplier of gaskets and engine sealing solutions for karting, automotive performance, power sports, original equipment, and the remanufactured engine industries. Kometic karting gaskets are available as OE replacement top end kits or as individual gaskets and seals. Just like competitive carters, Kometic can operate on the fly and has the unique capability to customize any gasket to meet specific engine requirements and clearances. All of Kometic's fiber materials are asbestos free and do not require any additional sealants. Viton oil ring cylinder head seals are used in each two cycle kit and Kometic's four cycle engine kits feature only the most advanced multi-layer steel head gaskets. Kometic can tailor to engine builder specific needs through bulk ordering and packaging flexibility. Kometic gaskets are must-haves for championship winning teams across multiple disciplines of both professional and amateur motorsports. Kometic gasket, sealing championships since 1989. Welcome back to episode 117 of the EKN Debrief as uh, we take a deep dive into the Rock Island Grand Prix this past uh, Labor Day weekend's event, the 28th running of this tremendous race, a bucket list event for certain. Jumping now into the race report segment, we'll start things off with all three of the king categories. The race report today brought to you by CRG Nordam. CRG is one of the most iconic brands in karting, and we're primed and ready with new material and a never-ending focus on winning. CRG Nordam is the North American distributor for all CRG products. Based outside Houston, Texas, CRG Nordam supports CRG dealers across the continent, reaching every corner of North America. Check out the new CRG KT5 for tag and shifter racing, the Black Mirror for cadet competition, and the FS4 for Briggs. Longtime CRG drivers will be happy to know that the CRG Road Rebel, the standard in quality and performance, is still available. For more information on the CRG product line, head to www.cartcrg.com and to inquire about a North American dealer near you, 
please email us at info at cartcrg-nordam.com. All right, David, CRG Nordam rolling this for us here right now. You're on the Margate this weekend. You'll be on the CRG for the Cup Carts North America Grand Nationals in about, in about a month's time, less than that. Uh, but uh, let's jump in now to King of the Streets. The tough thing is to, to kind of roll them with the fact they only had five entries. We mentioned that already. Defending winner Andrew Bedozo back once again, having won in 2021 and 2022. So you're going to talk about the fact that the streak was extended. But it's cool to look back to some of the names who are the previous winners at this race. Just, just talking about how big this event has been to so many people over the last couple of decades. Yeah, Alan Rudolph, you have to start with him. He wasn't the first to win the King of the Streets, and he was as the event wasn't held at Rock Island Grand Prix over the first two years because it was Joe Janowski winning King of the Streets in Oklahoma. That's it. And then Alan Rudolph at the uh, Quincy Grand Prix uh, the year after that. So Rudolph actually has the most wins at Rock Island Grand Prix King of the Streets uh, dating back to 2000. So he won back-to-back those years and then 2006 and 2007. Mm. Um, he was one of the focused uh, videos that Rock Island Grand Prix put on for their uh, their interviews and videos uh, leading up to the event, which he has the Rock Island room, meeting room at the Speed Sports it Racing does. Park. Uh, I got to go there. He's got a couple of the Rock trophies in there as well, too. I didn't see the RBI cart, though. That was I think that still literally was in his garage. And then he brought <laughs> it to the racetrack for that video. So that was really cool to see. Scott Speed also winner, Alex Speed, of course, Speed Concepts Racing. Other winners, Jordan Musser, a three-time winner. Kyle Wigan, three-time winner. Uh, Raymond Rossitti, the Canadian. Austin Wilkins came up from Texas. Rory Vandersteer, Race Liberante have won as well. But uh, David, again, Andrew Bedozo has won the last couple of years, came out of the gate, qualified on pole, and really was the guy to beat, I think, all weekend long, right? Yeah, he was the driver that was uh, setting the pace. You know, 32.489 was his lap in qualifying. Uh, it was about two tenths slower than last year's lap. So that kind of goes with the uh, the narrow, narrowness of the racetrack. But of course, as the weekend goes along, the rubber starts getting laid down. So it gets a little bit grippier and a little bit better. So I believe the race, his lap time got a little bit better um, as the weekend went along. But still, um, he was the driver to beat, you know, led uh, wire wire in the main event. Scott Sketchy Barnes was his uh, top rival uh, throughout the weekend. Barnes finished second in the heat race and was trying to stay up with him, but just caught the barriers a little bit uh, too much. And off the track, he went uh, on lap eight. Um, and that allowed Budozo to go on to a 16 second margin of victory for his third straight King of the Streets title uh, with a lap best lap time of 32.610. So uh, not quite better. So obviously a little tiger, tire degradation there, but still pretty fast to be only two tenths off the qualifying time. No doubt. Joe Rook uh, was there as well, finishing in second. Ryan Berkey. Is that Berkey? Berkey. Yeah, Berkey. Right. Ryan Berkey in third. Uh, you say Barnes was out. Pinozo was out as well. Was there another driver? Uh, did not. Yeah, Pinozo, yeah, Oscar Pinozo was out as well, too. So just uh, three drivers. <laughs> yeah, just three drivers there running at the end. You mentioned earlier, Pinozo. We talked about it. The fact that he's won three. First driver to win three straight King of the Streets event at Rock Island. Rudolph won three in a row as well. But as David had mentioned earlier, 1999, part of the uh, Quincy Grand Prix, Quincy in the Park, and then followed it up with a couple of wins in 2000, 2001 at Rock Island. So nonetheless, Andrew Bedoza, one of those drivers uh, who you could easily see excel because uh, he hangs there all the time, knows how to drive on the edge and 
kudos to Andrew Bardozo and the Magic Cart USA crew for coming away with the victory. Five in King of the Streets, but David, 23 in total in the King of the Rock 206 class. Defending winners include uh, Drake Ostrom and uh, and uh, Dittmer, Michael Dittmer, uh, who was the guy to step up today or this yeah, past weekend. Sorry, a typo there. It was actually 27. It was the largest class Whoa, of the weekend. So, yeah, it was uh, a good a good field. The problem, and well, this is a little side comment. The weights, right. are, the weights are just too fucking high. Oops, oh, sorry. Woo. I, yep, sorry. They're yep, super kids high? Are listening. What were I they? mean, it's still 390. It's 390 oh, for this category. Man. And it, no, it, it I mean, again, 365. It, we got we to lower these weights. I agree. Really, because... Every single cart on that grid has weights. And it's like, why? Why are we doing this? So that's going to be the the off-season push from October to December to get all these organizations to start looking at their weights. I know we've said it year after year. We do. But we got to do it because if, if we're looking at safety, that's the number one safety issue is these carts are getting way too heavy for yeah. even corner workers to pick up. And and just they're like missiles going into, into some of these uh, corners. So... Anyway, racing, qualifying led by Connor Lund. So uh, one of the, uh, the former multi-time Rock Island Grand Prix winners set fast time in qualifying, which is, again, the king format. So they do qualifying and a heat race on Saturday. But in the heat race, it kind of showed who the drivers were going to beat, the ones to beat. That was Chase Jones, Race Liberante. They were uh, pretty much the, the, the class of the field uh, and were able to get away in that heat race. But come main event time, it was uh, it was actually Chase Jones getting uh, caught up with uh, Justin Wishard uh, as they were able to run nose to tail. I know Liberante was there for for about a couple laps in the lead, and then he got shuffled back. And then Chase Jones and Justin Wishard just just kind of hooked up and got away from the rest of the field as they kept fighting behind him. It was a really good fight because you kind of had the leaders and you had a second group and then you kind of had a third group that was all kind of right there, all within, you know, probably two seconds of one another. So good racing going on. Basically, it boiled down to, um, uh, you know, the the top two away. And uh, Wisher tried to make a pass on the last lap, but lap traffic got in the way, slowed him up, didn't allow him to make the move. That gave the win to to Chase Jones as he would take uh, his first King of the Rock 206 victory. Yeah, not by much, David. Seven hundredths of a second. Wow. Yeah, seventy-seven thousandths at the line. It was, uh, yeah. Wisher made that last bold move uh, to try and get there at the line. As you know, you come off six. You could, if you can get a good enough run. I and I'd almost think Jones maybe went defensive into the last corner, which yeah. kind of helped that as well too. Yeah, but, right. Uh, yeah, it was. There was a lot of close finishes like that. Again, you just, there's just, I, you know, you almost say if the, if the start finish line was down about fifty more feet. It'd be, it could be a different. Uh, Agreed. I agree. We've said that many times. Yeah. So uh, Jones with the win, Wishard in second, Ostrom, London, Liberante round out the top five in the King of the Rock 206. Uh, some of the same names, though, David, right in the middle of King of the Rock 100cc as well. Yeah. Wishard is actually the defending winner, uh, Race Liberante winning in 2021. So those are two defend, two drivers in the field looking to be a two time winner. Uh, Chase Jones, however, had different ideas. He set fast time in qualifying with a 34.955 lap time, uh, just ahead of Liberante and Talon Drake from North Carolina. So we actually had a driver coming up all the way from North Carolina. So that was good. Nice. Uh, in the heat race, again, chase versus race or race versus chase. However you want to <laughs> say it, uh, it was those two drivers out front and away. 
And same thing in the main event. They uh, they just were able to just have a little bit more pace than the rest of the field. And those two just kind of went back and forth. It was a great show. This was one of the earlier races in the day. Uh, it was a fourth race out on the racetrack. And they just kind of went back and forth nice. uh, for the lead uh, in the final two laps. It was They just kind of pushed each other to get away from the rest of the field uh, and set it up for the last two laps. And uh, Jones was able to make the move on Liberante. Liberante tried to go back. Um, I, I want to say we went back and forth every corner on the last lap. And it was Jones that was able to pull off the victory, uh, getting Liberante on the final corner to take uh, a what was his first rock on the day, but his second overall on the event. Yeah, great run in, in the King of the Rock events for uh, for Chase Jones. Again, the margin of victory, 0. 0.139, so less than two-tenths of a second at the line over Liberante. Charlie Moore coming home in third, Justin Wishard in fourth, and Riley Scott working his way up into the top five. So there's your uh, updates, your reports on the King of the Rock events. We get back, we'll go 206 heavy, one and two, and 206 medium, one and two. We'll wrap that up with uh, 206 masters as well. So five more cat- categories to come after this break. In karting, it's important to be supported by the right people. With over 40 years of experience in the sport, Trinity Karting Group has everything you need to make your program successful. We do it all, and we do it right. Trackside support and arrive and drive programs at many of karting's biggest East Coast events, full product sales and service, and professional coaching from our experienced staff. Trinity Karting Group is a full-service operation based at the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati, which gives us access to our custom-designed driver training facility. This allows us to offer private one-on-one coaching to take you to the next level. From arrive and drive and coaching programs to the parts you need, let Trinity Karting Group provide you with customer service and a racing experience second to none. Trinity Karting Group is an official Kart Republic race team providing full trackside support at all the major USA karting events, including the Scusa Pro Tour, United States Pro Kart Series, Scusa Super Nationals 25, and other events throughout the 2022 season. TKG has in stock Kart Republic, IAMI, MG Novinko tires, and more products for those in Ohio and the Midwest region. Trinity Karting Group has a long history of the sport, a winning pedigree, and we're dedicated to driver development. We take pride in our professional approach and our positive attitude. Let us build a custom race program for you. Give us a call at 513-421-4463 or check us out online at trinitycardinggroup.com. It all started in 1994, when former successful kart driver Albino Perilin decided to move his passion for karting from the track to his small workshop. That's when Perilin was born. Fast forward 20 years and Perilin's passion for the sport led to the company rejoining international competitions as a factory team in WSK and CIK FIA races, with the aim of enhancing the research and development process, immediately achieving notable results around Europe North America and Asia, becoming the CIK FIA Asia Pacific KZ champion in the same year. Parallel USA is North America's source for Parallel products, and we run a factory team at all of the major Supercarts USA and Rock Cup USA events. The Parallel chassis lineup for 2021 includes the Invader Shifter, the Le Mans tag single speed chassis for junior and senior classes, and the 28mm mini cart for the cadet classes. Parallel has been winning races all over the world, 
and it's on top of the podium in the USA as well, with drivers like Kai Sorensen, Mateus Arjuela, and Alessandro De Tullio. Get on the chassis that's winning. Drive a Parolin. For more information, head to ParolinUSA.com. Top-level production with a focus on a single form of motorsport, karting. This is MG Tires. MG Tires USA, underneath the Vantage Karting Group banner, is the official distributor of the MG Tires brand for the United States. MG Tires are the official spec tire in the U.S. Pro Kart Series, Route 66 Sprint Series, Sunshine State Karting Challenge, and countless clubs across the country. No matter your compound preference, MG Tires USA has you covered. Whether it's the medium SH Red or the soft SM Yellow that you find at many karting events in the U.S., or the super soft green SS and the intermediate white IZ optional compounds, MG Tires USA has your winning set of rubber in stock. Indoor and outdoor rental facilities can now trust MG Tires with their solution to long-lasting and the best performance with three different compounds available through the RL line. For more info about MG Tires USA and its extensive list of dealers near you, check out their website at mgtiresusa.com. MG Tires, for the drivers. And we are back here on the EKN Radio Network. Rob Howden alongside David Cole for episode 117 of our EKN Debrief. David Cole, who was trackside at the Rock Island Grand Prix this past Labor Day weekend, giving us an update on all the action that uh, took place. Uh, we're going to go 206 for this ne- next segment. Go uh, heavy, medium, and masters. David, we'll start with the 206 heavy one class. We'll go heavy one, and then the second running heavy two as well. 21 drivers running uh, the uh, single category, 14 doing the double duty. Connor Lund, defending winner. Uh, we mentioned Connor already. He won last year in 2022. Also won, uh, what, eight years earlier in 2014. So Connor's been at to many Rock Island events, defending winner coming in, and uh, looks like he was pretty good coming out of the gate as well. Yeah, was able to grab the heat race win. Uh, just edging out Drake Ostrom for the victory in that race on Saturday. Come Sunday, however, this was the only other category that race Liberante and Chase Jones were in, aside from the King of the Rock category. They just ran four classes each. So um, this was their 206 class that they ran aside from the Rock race. And, and again, time, they just partnered up and was able to get away from the field. It was actually uh, Jerry Fandry who led early, but a DNF, he got shuffled back into the fight for third. And he actually DNF'd on the last lap and was unable to continue the rest of the weekend. Uh, but up front, it was uh, race versus chase. And uh, this one actually went to race Lebronte. It was the first race of the weekend. It was also the Travis DeVrent Memorial event. Um, this was a race that he won in 2021 when he came for the uh, the first time uh, racing aboard that, that MPG uh, black and gold cart. If you remember seeing some of the pictures of that. Um, it was, uh, so this became his second time winning in three years, uh, the Travis event Memorial race, uh, beating out chase Jones by a 10th of a second with another great battle between those two. Yeah. Other winners kind of the, the who's who of the event, right? You got Gary, uh, Gary Lawson winning a couple of times, Cal Stewart, Tony Nielsen as well. Uh, Liberante winning by just over a 10th from Jones. As you had said, Drake Ostrom came home in third, Jeff Dolian in fourth and uh, Michael Dittmer P five with the fastest lap of the race. So Dittmer had the speed, but ended up uh, P five. And uh, listen, David happens all the time, right? When you get a couple of drivers working together and they're not racing each other and they get a bit of a gap and the guys behind race, how many times have we seen 
two, three guys pull away because of the fight behind them. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's it. You know, it, in a way, Rock Island is almost in the Briggs category. It's almost like a Daytona Talladega scenario yeah. where if you keep in the draft and you keep pushing away, you're going to be able to, to kind of set the tone and, and set the pace for, for the end of the race. Well, if you keep going back and forth, it just, and it, it brings in a lot more people and uh, makes it for uh, a little bit more interesting race at the end there. We'll go to the uh, second category for uh, 206 Heavy. 14 uh, entries in total. Riley Scott winning last year. Uh, Michael Dittmer, Tony Nielsen, Mike Welsh, uh, Cal Stewart, all previous winners of the 206 Heavy 2 category. Uh, But any time that Tony Nielsen rolls out, you know, he's going to be a driver to beat. Uh, Looks like he was the guy, at least up front, David, in the heat race, uh, just outgunning Wishard for for, for P1 in the pole for the main. Yeah, he was able to do that. uh, But it was a different story. Uh, come on Sunday for the main event. A lot of drivers that were kind of bunched there together, as we said, and it was actually led by Mick Gabriel. He was able to jump up ahead of everybody early on. Again, they they kind of I don't have the grids because they do passing points. So yeah, that's true. Yeah. He picked to where you start. Passing points helps change the order for the grid for the main event. So I don't know exactly where uh, Mick Gabriel started. Uh, I'm assuming he, he was up probably sixth or seventh, but uh, a good start. He was able, able to lead majority of the race and had a little bit of a gap there as he took the white flag uh, going into turn one. Uh, heading into turn two, however, he went defensive. Michael Dittmer sitting there in second, got a good push from behind. A lot of drivers were behind him, giving him a good push. Well, Gabriel went defensive, and then Gabriel decided to do the right, left, right kind of move, which – threw him off completely. Dittmer basically had to slam on the brakes to, to not shove him completely off into the barriers. Gabriel went off into the wall as they went through the corner. And, uh, and that was it. Dittmer was right there to take this, to take the position and the, and the lead and was able to hold off uh, the field at the line by 92 thousandths of a second to gain his uh, first victory or second victory in this category. Yeah, well done for Michael Dittmer, Ostrom, Wishard, London, Nielsen rounding out the top five in that category. Tough one for Mick Gabriel leading that last lap. You always hope to get back to the checker first to put, put that uh, put that rock uh, on the trophy uh, the, the trophy uh, case, but not so much for, for Mick Gabriel on that day. Dave, uh, let's go to the medium category, a little lighter class than the drivers up there in the 206 heavy class. Medium had 17 drivers. We mentioned that Riley Scott was a defending winner in heavy two last year. He was also... Uh, defending winner last year uh, in uh, in this uh, 206 medium one category. Other winners, uh, Gary Lawson, Tony Nielsen, Cal Stewart, Connor Lund. You're hearing a theme of guys that have won up front. Tony Nielsen, in fact, has won this race, I think, six times in total. So uh, definitely a guy to beat for sure, just like he did in the 206 medium or heavy two. Uh, did Was able to win the heat race. Uh, but again, who ended up coming out with the race win? Yeah, this is the original Briggs and Stratton 206 class that uh, started in 2012. The one I raced at that, you know, we got an engine, pulled it out of the box, put put a clutch on it and and raced it. Uh, So, yeah, this is the original class. And, you know, Nielsen's got four victories in this category alone um, and was the heat winner. Um, He was among the early leaders, along with Mick Gabriel and Michael Dittmer. Uh, Dittmer, however, was able to get the lead towards the end of the race uh, Nielsen was sitting there second. I think he tried to make a move and just put himself in the wall, unfortunately ending his race and his uh, chance at winning a fifth 
in this category that allowed Dittmer to just run off to the, uh, the finish line, uh, a class he entered on Thursday, wasn't scheduled to run medium <clears throat> one because again, we're little heavy guys that, uh, that race masters and heavy categories, but, uh, you know, he had a new cart that he got new common Eagle and, uh, decided to cool. add the medium category in and get, get more seat time. And, and it paid off by uh, getting another rock, uh, for his mantle. Yeah, 12 in total for Michael Dittmer, now tied for third overall with Tim Getch in this 206 medium class. Dave, I think this is the only time you and I have ever raced Rock Island in the same category before, I think, right? That was, was Yes, that was 2013 when Gary Lawson whooped our asses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I will say that I, that was one of my one of the most fun races I've had because I was in that group. I think we were in the lead like six or seven, maybe eight guys up front, and I was the only guy that had the nose cone. Everybody mm-hmm. else had the big cow catcher, and I'm like, uh, what, what did I do wrong? Cow, cowboy Cal. Yeah. Cowboy Cal, he was a little bit better than you. He was he, just up ahead of you. He so. was, and I was racing with, uh, I think Skitchy Bards and I were going at it quite a bit there yep. too. But yeah, Barnes, I was like, yep, yep. I was a, I was the best finisher without a front nose, with without the big nose in the front. I'm like, I've I've chosen poorly. Oh, that's <laughs> he, right. Yeah, I think Cowboy Cal did put one on. That's true. I think he did put one on. Yeah, yeah. He cheated. Um, he, we call that the cheater nose, right? That's the, that's the rule. You can run it. Yeah, I can uh, tell you exactly what, what, what you finished. I think there I finished go. seventh. Seventh or eighth? Eighth. Might, eighth. eighth. Yeah, yeah, it, it was eighth. I think because I think uh, Skitchy Barnes got me at the, near the end. Cal Stewart sixth, Skitchy Barnes seventh. Yep. You were eighth. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, I just, uh, I yeah, they, I just didn't uh, with, with the way I just I didn't have the pace coming out of the you know, the end of the straightaways a bit, yeah. right? I, just I had a better was. fast lap than you, by the you way. You did have a better fast lap than, but had you qualified better, <laughs> you wouldn't have started the those damn the carbs. <laughs> those damn carbs. I tell you what, man. Sixteen entries in two oh six medium two. Ashton Wheeler, the defending. Uh, race winner Mick Gabriel we mentioned him not getting the other rock up in the uh, class we just talked about he did win this class back in 2021 a couple of years ago Riley Scott a winner as well um Ostrom David though the driver out of the out of the gate in the heat race beating Wishard and Wheeler but again we talked about Gabriel not getting that rock earlier in the day talk about how he did here in 206 medium yeah it was him and Wishard that uh, were able to hook up you know it's kind of like the race and chase program these two drivers were able to get uh, nose to tail and get away from the rest of the field. Gabriel led the majority of the race. However, a last lap shuffle uh, cost Wishard a number of positions that allowed Gabriel to kind of go away to the, uh, the checkered flag unchallenged in the final few corners to green uh, another victory for him at the Rock Island Grand Prix. Yeah. So is that, what is that for him then? That's is that two for him or two or three? Two, two, two. two. Two yeah. for Mick Gabriel. He's had, he's had a strong year for sure. So uh, a good win for him over Ostrom, Nielsen, uh, Welsh, and Wishard, as David had mentioned, following back to P5. Two-tenths of a second, the victory uh, for Mick Gabriel. In the 206 Masters class, uh, a bunch of big hitters. Like, I just look at – I won't even say who they are because you're going to talk about it, but I look at the top five in the finals, and these are guys that you would not want to race against or would, would want to learn from and likely get your ass handed to you by. I was – Right. It's just, yeah. I was just going to say, they're all drivers that have beat us many, many times. Many, many times. Exactly <laughs> that. 100%. 10 entries. Defending winner, Jeff Scott. He also won back in 2018. Jeff Doley in a winner in 2021. Gary Lawson, 2019. Uh, four straight years for Tony Nielsen uh, when, when this category got brought in, 206 Masters. I qualified second to Tony Nielsen in 2014. And uh, we had the same gear on. But I couldn't. We, we got smoke coming off the start because we had a taller gear. He was able to get to the front and pull away. I wasn't, and I got caught up in a battle with Jasperson and Scott. So uh, that was a fun year, though. It was a great. It was a first year for the the two hundred six Masters class back in two thousand fourteen. Uh, David, we talked about Jeff Dolian. He won back in two thousand and twenty one, and looks like he was uh, again super quick. 
Um, I think and he was on a he was on a Margay a Margay as well, right? Yeah, he was on one of the Brava Margays. So yeah, uh, I thought I saw fo- that. Yeah, he focused on the regular two hundred six categories. Mm-hmm. He was obviously in the uh, the heavy categories, I believe, and uh, the King of the Rock as well too. So. Um, he focused on that and uh, it proved to pay off in the 206 Masters class. He won the heat race and was among the leaders throughout the main event on Sunday. Uh, Tony Nielsen and Michael Dittmer right there as well, too. But Dolene was able to get a last lap move around Dittmer uh, to secure his second victory in the category in three years. Oh, last lap pass to get the done. Good for him. Dittmer ends up in second point one four six. the margin between first and second. Tony Nielsen ends up in third. Welsh and Matt Payway rounding out the top five. So there's a bunch of your 206 categories there for you. We get back after another break in the action. We're going to jump into the Ignite classes. We've got three Ignite classes and then Briggs 206 novice for you after this break. Are you ready to go from carts to cars? Since 1975, the Skip Barber Racing School has taken great drivers and made them champions. Today, we're proud to welcome the next generation of winners. Make the transition from carts to cars with the Skip Barber Formula Race Series. You'll compete at the most iconic tracks in America. Race weekends include your very own equalized Formula 4 race car, a professional crew, expert instruction, video and data analysis, hospitality, and more. This is the place to fulfill your dream of becoming a champion. Sign up today by calling 866-932-1949 or visit us at skipbarber.com. Wins in the sport's biggest races and championships in national and regional series all over the country, they're all on Nitro Kart's growing resume. Nitro Kart continues to make its statement as the best, fastest, and winningest cadet chassis on the American market. In 2021, Nitro Kart won the three biggest crowns in America in the Microsoft division, with Matteo, Rosu, and the Scusa Pro Tour, and both the Super Nationals and the USPKS titles with Keelan Harvick. At the Super Nats alone, three of the top five drivers on the podium got there on a Nitro Kart. The results are clear. If you want to win in Cadet, get a Nitro Kart and join our team. At Nitro Kart, we're all about driver development. Nick Tucker and the Nitro Crew's racing resumes are extensive, and their passion for helping our kids learn is unparalleled. Racing is about consistent learning, and that's what we're all about here at Nitro Kart. Never wanting to quit, we've continued to extend the reach of our driver development program. In addition to expanding into the junior and senior karting categories, we've also launched Nitro Motorsports, which will field two cars this season in the Trans Am by Pirelli Series, one being piloted by karting champion Brent Cruz. Not only can we develop your young driver, but we can also provide the platform if a move to cars is in your plan. And our second seat is available. If you're serious about your driver's career, contact us today. Winning takes top quality equipment, flawless preparation, experienced coaching, and passion. And at Team GFC, we live our passion. Developed by American karting champion Gary Carlton, the GFC chassis has become one of the newest brands to reach the top of the podium in North America. GFC has garnered victories and championships at all levels of the sport since its debut at the end of 2018. Shipper car drivers are at the front of the field in the GT14 frame, with the SS31 a consistent contender in tag and 100cc competition. Team GFC has arrive and drive packages available for all categories, 
including the mini and micro classes utilizing the GFC RR5 cadet chassis. These young pilots have the opportunity to be part of the Team GFC Young Driver Development Program. Learn from one of the best American carters with 28 years racing at the highest levels of the sport, offering personalized training on and off the track. Follow GFC Karting on Facebook and Instagram or click over to gfccarting.com to learn more about joining Team GFC. GFC, live your passion. Welcome back here on the EKN Radio Network to another edition of The Debrief, episode 117. Can't believe we've done 117 of these. That's pretty amazing. Uh, it is, again, September 11th, about a week on from the Rock Island Grand Prix, this year's Labor Day Classic. Uh, and indeed, David Cole was trackside. And these are the categories David was running, and he ran in all three of the Ignite Senior, Ignite Senior and Ignite Masters classes. Uh, David, let's get things rolling then. Uh, 13 drivers all told and Ignite Senior won. Uh, Riley Scott, the defending race winner. Other victors have been Ashton Wheeler, Evan Stommer, Scott Skitchy Barnes, Jordan Burnlower, Jeff Dolan, who we talked about before the break, Jeremy Remick as well. Uh, Scott Barnes, though, came out of the gate. He was pretty strong in these Ignite categories. He qualified, uh, did well, and ended up uh, winning the, the uh, heat race. Yeah, Barnes is a, a former winner, as, as you said. Uh, so he's very comfortable in this category. And this, the senior, Ignite Senior One, this is a category where we've seen uh one two three four five six seven different winners going into this race out of over seven years so this was one of those like okay who's going to be that driver that gains a repeat victory <laughs> yeah. uh so the race started out i want to say it was the top five or seven that were able to get away and kind of kind of fight for themselves and and riley scott uh after gage kemp led the uh the opening lap Riley Scott took over and really from there just kind of was able to keep the the group behind him as they kept battling for position. No, nobody wanted to, to run second and and move up and, and get get on, uh, on Scott's bumper. So uh, uh, the shuffling continued to happen. Riley continued to put down good laps and uh, really ran unchallenged uh, to to be able to score a second straight victory and become the first two time winner uh, in this category. Yeah, Riley Scott with the win. Nielsen second, Barnes, Wheeler, and, and Vance all rounding up the top five. David, where'd you end up in this one here? Uh, seventh. Seventh? What happened? I'm slow. Uh, <laughs> you didn't get eighth. Eighth. So, yeah, the top six were away because I was seventh, and I was trying to hang on with the lead group, and they're, they're all just a little bit better than I am, Rob. I get, dude, you know, listen, if, you, I... if you were to put a grade on, on drivers, the, the lead group were, were all A drivers. I'm about a B. Okay. So uh, Listen, I get yeah. it, but I get it. Trust me. I've been there. <laughs> you try to hold on as best you can. Um, 13 in, in Ignite Senior 1, 12 in Ignite Senior 2. Scott Barnes uh, able to win uh, the both uh, uh, races over the last two years, 2021 and 2022. Uh, Pistol Pete Vetter winning back in 2019. So Barnes comes in as the uh, defending winner. Um, looks like Vance, although out front in the heat race with Barnes and Wheeler there with him. Yeah, again, very much the same group of drivers all battling for position. This time, Vansel was able to uh, secure heat win as he was. He continues to look for his first Rock Island Grand Prix victory. Um, so he thought this year was going to be the year. Unfortunately, it didn't happen that way. Uh, Wheeler jumped out to the lead early before Nielsen and Barnes took over. And then a last lap shuffle uh, sent Barnes backwards. Nielsen was able to to, uh, to triumph and be able to score 
uh, his uh, his first victory in this category. But uh, I want to say I don't know if we added up. We'll add up his his results later. But uh, uh, but yeah, first victory for him in this category as Vansel, even though he had fast lap, ended up finishing fourth. Yeah, Nielsen, Wheeler, Kemp, Vansel, and Barnes rounding out the top five. There, moving now to Ignite Masters, ten entries. Uh, not a massive group for the Ignite Masters class, but 10 in total, still with some good names there. Tony Nielsen comes in as the defending race winner. Uh, in fact, he won in uh, 22, 21, and 19 as well. Before that, it was Pete Vetter getting the victories there. David, this was kind of your category to focus on in the heat race. Uh, Tony Nielsen got the race win over over Scott Barnes, Wicker, and Dierks. What, uh, how things shake down for you in the heat race before we move into the final? Yeah, a guy spun right in front of me. I had nowhere to go. Uh, so I ended up finishing. I don't, I don't even know where. I, I started Eight, I fourth. I started fourth. Yeah, I ended up finishing sixth as I was able to get a couple That's a right. couple drivers before the checkered flag. But uh, but yeah, a guy spun in front of me in the right-hander. He literally just the rear end around came around on him. And I had Skitchy Barnes come to the inside of me already. I had nowhere to go, so I just followed him into the wall. Luckily, we were able to continue on. No, no heavy damage, but uh, yeah, did not help my heat race uh, results there. So started in the back, and I was last basically going into turn one because they went four wide, and I was I had nowhere to go. So I basically was last uh, at the start of the main event. So main event a little better for you. We'll talk about the fact that Tony Nielsen went wire to wire, but with a fantastic fight. Uh, with Riley Scott, or rather with uh, with um, Jeff Scott. Jeff Scott, help me out. Thank you. Uh, I, I will not confirm or deny that I had race monitor opening while I was announcing a race in Portland. So not just to say that. <laughs> <laughs> we cannot confirm or deny. So don't confirm or deny that I was focusing as double focusing on that one. Um, let's talk about the main event, David. Uh, again, number one, uh, a, a battle between Tony Nielsen and Jeff Scott. I always love when these guys go at it. Uh, how did things play out for both of those got drivers going for it here? Yeah, I guess talking with them, you know, Nielsen led uh, the entire race and Jeff Scott was right there. Skitchy Barnes sitting there in third uh, and uh, with basically came down to the last lap. They were side by side, I guess, turn one, turn two, turn three and turn oh, four. No way. And then they went into five and, and Scott was on the outside. And I guess Nielsen just got gave him a little bit of a shove, just enough to kind of put. Uh, Scott into the barriers. So unfortunate for, for Jeff Scott uh, ending his race in the barriers, losing a possible victory as uh, Nielsen was able to continue on with uh, Skitchy Barnes right there, only 67 back at the line. Who finished third? Well, that wreck certainly helped me uh, <laughs> move up. I, I was able to fight my way up into the four spot. Uh, like I said, I started, I was basically last, um, as we uh, as as we came around for the first time, or you know, sitting eighth, I guess, looking at the lap chart, I was one driver kind of just held back and didn't really do anything. So um, I had to fight my way through 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 these guys. I knew I was quicker than them, but uh, so it's just a matter of getting in front of them and then getting away and and trying not to uh, to put myself in the wall. So uh, so yeah, not enough to uh, to run with the the fast fast guys they were certainly really quick um just again they were a drivers i'm a b driver so <laughs> i hear you bud uh tony nielsen with the win 67 thousandths of a second over scott bar uh, skitchy barnes 
David Cole with the best career Howden Media Group finish, finishing P3 at the Rock Island Grand Prix. Andrew Coulter coming home in the four spot. Scott, as we know, the DNF after the issue in turn number five. David, we, we mentioned earlier about uh, Tony Nielsen's career wins. Let's let's take the opportunity now to talk about how many wins this guy has at the Rock. Yeah, with the two victories here this year, he's brought his total up to 25 uh, career victories at excuse me, at the Rock Island Grand Prix. And that begins back in 2006. So he's been winning there a number of times. Cert- certainly the one time he picked up six Rock trophies. So that was probably one of the more memorable weekends. But um, that puts him now only three behind the Emperor, Gary Lawson, Gary who Lawson. has a total of 28 victories at Rock Island Grand Prix. Wow. Let's cap off this segment uh, before we take a quick break and go into the last bit of the race report here. So, like as we know, lots of categories on the docket here. Uh, the Briggs 206 Novice Class, David, uh, nine entries in total. Give us a little bit of an overview of what this class is all about. Yeah, this category is for anybody who's new to the Rock Island Grand Prix or haven't won at the Rock Island Grand Prix. So, so you know, anybody who's been there before, like I could have entered, I didn't yep. want to. Um, I wanted to focus on the Ignite program because obviously different tire would have been a little more work than we needed. And uh, probably probably one more session each each round that I needed than I needed. So, uh, um, so yeah, it's a great opportunity. I, you know, this could be a class to, to kind of help grow and, and build that. And again, kind of transition new drivers into racing at the rock island grand prix then they don't have to run all the regular categories that they have to compete against the tony nielsen's the riley scott's the jeff scott's the dittmer's the welsh's and all of them so anyways you name it uh yeah so this one jerry fandry who we saw quick in the heavy category uh earlier in the day he was actually able to win the heat race but that wreck in the uh the opening main event of the day took him out. He was not able to, uh, this was third class in the order. So not enough time to, uh, to get oh, repairs in and was unable to, uh, to start the main event. So that allowed Jeremiah Davis who finished second in the heat race. We know Jeremiah from, uh, he's been on our face to face shows about the yeah. rock on the grand prix before and Quincy grand prix as well. Um, he led the, uh, first 14 laps of the main event. Unfortunately fighting with, uh, Huntington Bolton, uh, Contact, I believe it was turn one barriers that uh, that we heard from the start finish line. And Davis was unable to come back around uh, after contact with the wall. And that put Bolton out in the front and earning his first Rock Island Grand Prix victory and joining now a uh, an exclusive club of father and son drivers who have won at the Rock Island Grand Prix. Of course, uh, Huntington is the son of Todd Bolton, who has won a number of Rock Island Grand Prix. That's very cool. That's very cool. So Bolton with the win, they were well out front. He and Davis, uh, Don Newman ends up in the second, uh, Iker Jr. Rap and Davis rounding out the top five in that category, nine total in it. But again, Huntington Bolton, now a race winner at the Rock Island Grand Prix will not be eligible for uh, Briggs 206 novice in 2024 time to go up against the big dogs another break of the action we get back 100 cc senior yamaha super can heavy open shifter masters and open shifter to wrap up the race report of this year's rock island grand prix it's a multi-time world champion and it's a Supercarts usa super nationals winner it is sodi kurt and starting in 2023, the Sodi brand has found a new home here in the U.S. Sodi Racing USA is the new exclusive importer of the Sodi Kart chassis line under the karting distribution banner, led by industry veteran Terry Germanovich. 
The French manufacturer Sony Cart is a leader within the karting industry, offering a wide range of products and services. The Sony Racing chassis line offers product in classes from Mini to KZ, all based on years of development and championship seasons around the world. Sony Racing USA has already begun establishing its dealer network, working with the karting collective on the West Coast and recently signing PK Sport to serve as a dealer and the official race team on the East Coast. Visit Sodi-Racing-USA.com to learn more about the Sodi Kart chassis line or call 954-634-5111 to become part of the Sodi Racing USA network today. Sodi Kart, the world leader in the karting industry. Made in the USA. It's not just a statement, it's the mission at Factory Carts of America. Led by four-time Supernats champion Billy Musgrave, Factory Carts manufactures their frames completely in-house at the Riverside, California facility. Built and designed from the ground up specifically for the American karting market, Factory Carts brings new innovations and solutions that are long overdue. Factory Carts bring together the highest quality materials to produce a high-performance, long-lasting cart that has been designed and perfected from three years of development with a focus for a big push across North America in 2023. No other karting manufacturer stands behind its product like Factory Carts does, providing a two-year warranty on all their frames. Do you remember when American-made meant innovative, original, stronger, faster, and just plain better? Well, American-made is back. Contact Factory Carts today to join the American-made movement. Learn more by visiting factorycarts.com or email Billy anytime at info at factorycarts.com. History, success, family. Those are the three words that can describe Comet Cart Sales, one of the longest tenured carting businesses in the United States. The family-owned operation located just outside of Indianapolis has provided carts, parts, and services for thousands of racers in the near six decades of business. Their online store features everything you need, continually adding new parts to their product line. From full carting packages, new engines, spare or replacement parts, and safety gear, find it all at CometCartSales.com. Their Comet Racing Engine service has won multiple major events and championships over decades of karting and continues to offer the best trackside service in the industry specializing in IAMI X30, IAMI Swift, and other two-cycle power plants. Make sure to head to CometCartSales.com or call them at 317-462-3413 to be part of the Comet Cart Sales family today. We are back for the final segment here of the race report of uh, this uh, episode of the debrief as the Rock Island Grand Prix, which, was take, uh, which took place uh, just about a week and a half ago. Uh, at uh, at Rock Island on Labor Day weekend. David Cole giving us a full breakdown here of all the action. David, let's go to the 100cc senior class. Ten entries in total. Defending winner Justin Wishard was in the race, as was Chase Jones. He won back in 2021. Jones out of the gate strongly, though, uh, winning over his uh, teammate Race Liberanti in the heat race. Yeah, and he already had the the Rock Trophy from the King of the Rock category that was earlier in the day. So this category actually ran after the King of the Rock. So um, made for you know, kind of a this was kind of just a uh, to go for the Rock. No no crown 
in uh, in this category. And again, it was the race versus chase show. They were able to push away in the main event and put on another great final final race and final lap as they went back and forth side by side over and over again. And, uh, and Liberante this time was able to make a move on Jones that stuck and he was able to cross the line first. Officials were actually looking at penalizing race for a maneuver. I'm not sure exactly what happened, but chase Jones pulled up and said, no, that was, that would have done the same thing. And so, uh, <laughs> officials allowed it to pass and race Liberante was then deemed, uh, the winner. Interesting. Well, good for Chase on that one. Again, uh, multiple lean changes, as you said, throughout that race. Good to see those guys going back and forth. Uh, Liberante winning by just under a, uh, a second from Jones. Drake in third, Moore fourth, and Pinoza, Pinoza rather, rounding out the top five. Six entries in the Yamaha Supercan Heavy Clasher, defending winner Drake, uh, Drake Ostrom. Many big-name winners in years past. Gage Rucker, Morgan Schuler, Tim Getch, Tony Nielsen, Tony Jump, a two-time winner. Uh, multiple wins for Michael Dittmer in, in years past. Gary Lawson's got a couple of those. Uh, Yamaha Super Can Heavy Victors as part of his 28 wins at the Rock Island Grand Prix. Davis, give us a run on uh, how things shook down in this Yamaha Super Can Heavy class. Yeah, adding his name to that long list of former winners is Charlie Moore. Charlie was uh, really the driver to beat all weekend long. Drove away to a seven-second victory in the 10-lap heat race on Saturday. And then on Sunday, extended it to six seconds after after 15 laps Blake Korth was right there at the beginning but just wasn't able to hold on to the pace in the second half of the race that allowed more to go on to win with a wire-to-wire -wire victory yeah good for him more with the victory Korth Wells Graham and Proctor rounding out the top five for Yamaha Super Can Heavy uh, again five entries in the open shifter masters class defending winner Scott Barnes uh, in the fight once again again look at some of the names it really is kind of a who's who to a certain extent of Masters uh, shifter racing over the years. Joe Rook winning in 2014. Barnes has won multiple times. Lance Lane, uh, another one of the father-son duos that has done so well at Rock Island. Jordan Musser, a former King of the Streets winner multi-time, also won open Masters shifter. Anthony Honeywell, the Honey Badger. Kurt Mathewson, Chris Enderline, Colin uh, Lynn, the Texas Tornado. Man, you keep going back to Wojtek Birdsey, Dan Rogue, John Kinder. How about Bonner Moulton in there? A couple of wins, David. The guy out of Salt Lake City. Uh, Utah, who uh, has run in all 25 SKUs of Super Nationals, was a winner uh, back in the uh, the early part of the 2000s. Yeah, we, I haven't seen Bonner. We're going to have to uh, send a message to him to, to make sure he's racing Super Nationals this That's year. That's true. That's true. 26 yeah. for him. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this one was all sketchy barns. Uh, Joe Rupp was there, just not quite able to keep up pace with what uh, Skitchy was able to lay down. Uh, Rook actually had a damaged chassis, uh, I think, on the first qual a practice session on, on Saturday. Uh, ran over something, uh, either hit the manhole cover just wrong, and it, it just bent. It actually ripped the the, uh, the motor mount butterflies completely off wow. the chassis and, and kind of damaged the engine as well, too. So, uh, so he had to go to a backup on that and run with kind of a bent chassis underneath the engine mount area. So uh, we called it his, uh, his off-road Marinello because it wasn't <laughs> the, uh, the standard Marinello that he did, did, does run at the uh, Stars Championship Series. So uh, that's something to think about. You know, one, one thing that Race and, uh, and Chase were talking about and during their victory speeches at the award ceremony Sunday night is, is the carts they ran were basically like old carts that customers didn't have anymore or didn't oh, want wow. anymore. Okay. You know, they, they basically went through, through what they called kind of the junk junkyard 
and uh, grab some chassis, you know, made sure they were straightened out enough. And I think that's something we can we can kind of maybe promote a little bit more is, hey, that cart that's sitting there that could that you can run that at Rock Island Grand Prix. That's it true. doesn't have it doesn't have to be that new brand new cart, you know, that's shiny, no scratches on, et cetera. Just just put something together that you that you can that can be straightened out and, and, and put, put a motor on it and go have some fun. That's it. That's it. Have some fun with this deal. So, uh, yeah. So Barnes was able to, uh, dominate this category leading wire to wire. Actually, Joe took the lead early, got, got the whole shot, I think on sketchy there at the start of the race, but, uh, Barnes was just too quick over the pace of the main event. And he was able to earn his fourth victory in this category. Uh, Rook, as you talked about finishing in second, Hahn and Williams, third and fourth. Who's this guy back in P5? Riggins. Yeah, some 77 year old guy that uh, was just out there making laps, enjoying and having a good time. He tried to pull off a donut, didn't got probably kind of like a, a half donut, maybe, uh, you know, maybe one that was already eaten. Uh, <laughs> I love it. That's but funny. Uh, yeah, Terry Riggins enjoying his time. He's just, you know, he said he's just out there making laps, having fun, hoping not to get in the way of the fast guy. That's so, amazing. Uh, 77 years young, Terry Riggins, race director, and, and getting out there in the open uh, shifter masters class. How awesome is that? That's a, I love it. That's so amazing. I, I won't be able to do that. I can tell you that. That's the challenge, David. You got to get it done. I'll be 80, I'll be 87 years old. You can be 77 and we'll go at it. Yeah, you're not making it. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, dude, I'm still going here now. And shifter, you think? I don't know. Maybe not shifter. <laughs> I've yet to run a shifter there. I, I, I keep. I think if they ever repave it, then maybe I'll do shifter. It's, I had so much fun running the shifter back when I was your age. Yeah, I just don't. <laughs> I, yeah, my age. Yeah. You mean younger? Because that was 2003, not Yeah, 20, I was only, I was 35 then. Okay, I, there we go. Let's set the record straight now. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, five entries in the open shifter category. Let's jump into open shifter to cap off this edition of the race report. Andrew Bedozo already talked a lot about Bedozo, what he was able to do in the uh, King of the Streets. Um, but uh, let's talk about how things played out here at Open Shifter. Uh, he's the defending winner. Race Liberati's won before. A uh, number of drivers, Joey Hand as well, AJ Whistler, Rudolph, have all won here in the Open Shifter class. Uh, Scott Barnes was good, though, in, in the Masters class. Was he, was he as good at Open Shifter as well? Yeah, just a little bit better. Uh, you know, he had Bedozo to run with. Um, so it kind of it kind of amped them up a little bit more uh, in the main event. They were really, they were one, two. It looked like Bedozo was kind of just waiting and buying his time. He made a move, took the lead, but Barnes responded back and, uh, and was just a little bit better there in the final run and was able to score the victory over the King of the streets winner. Wow. That's huge for Barnes. Uh, fill me on there. So Ryan Bjerke, was he running a rock? Is that was, what, what was he running? A Honda. He actually He's had a Honda. Honda. So they were trying to do a rock Honda category. They still provided a, a rock trophy for that category. Okay. He was the only entry in it, uh, as the rest of the drivers did have, uh, KZ motors. So, um, uh, yeah. So again, they're trying to trying to entice people to come back and race it. So yeah. whatever you have. And, and so he was the, uh, the lone driver with that. Pinozo had a, uh, a DNF. I want to say axle, a flat tire or something, something in the, uh, I think the axle might've shifted over or something like that. And then Riley Scott had a mechanical as well too. One thing about Riley Scott during the King of the Rock 206 uh, heat race on Saturday, he was involved in the one, one red flag that we did have on the weekend uh, and hurt his shoulder. Uh, they were going to transport him. Eventually they decided not to. And, uh, you know, thinking possible sep uh, shoulder separation, 
he kind of just manned through it, went back out racing later that day and throughout the weekend. And as we said, won uh, one of the Ignite races, um, tried to do the shifter, but uh, Mechanical took him out of that. So uh, uh, Riley Scott, again, he's just a little bit crazy. You got it. You got it. I mean, no, there's no doubt about it because, you know, to have uh, what seemed to be a shoulder separation, not sure yet. So uh, we'll have to message him and, and get the update on, on his medical condition. But uh, he powered through the pain and, uh, and kept going through and, and raced a number of categories. So cowboy up. Yeah. Cowboy up. That's well exactly done. it. Yeah. Impressive. Uh, for Scott Barnes, that is now eight Rock Island Grand Prix wins. For the, the driver from Bermuda, now tied with Todd Bolton and Alan Rudolph. So definitely a uh, solid group there for Skitchy Barnes, is again, represented uh, re represented Bermuda. I remember, I really that's, remember the first time he came over when I first met him. him and that's an interesting, that's an interesting trio. Scott Barnes, Todd Bolton, Alan Rudolph. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that's an interesting trio. True enough. <laughs> you, you think about it. True enough. True <laughs> enough. All right, folks. Final break. We get back. David will wrap things up and we'll look at the ECAN trackside live race calendar. Is IndyCar your dream? If it is, for 2023 and beyond, the path from karting to IndyCar has gotten even clearer. It's time to look into the new USF Juniors program and the brand new Tatus JR23. As the first step of the newly rebranded USF Pro Championships presented by Cooper Tires, the USF Junior Series will feature a six-event, 16-race schedule to train racers for the move into the USF 2000 Championship presented by Cooper Tires. The USF Junior Champion will win a scholarship worth over $248,000, and the total prize fund will exceed $330,000. The series will also debut the new Tatus JR23 race car in 2023, which is a development version of the USF 22 used in USF 2000. It's the ideal entry point for career-minded carters moving on to the car racing ladder. Safety is always front and center in the mind of the series promoters, and the USF Juniors car features a halo, and the races are supported by members of the AMR IndyCar safety team. If IndyCar is your goal, USF Juniors is the starting line. For more information, visit www.usfjuniors.com and follow USF Juniors on social media. Fast, fair, and fun. Ignite Karting offers you all of that at an affordable price. Ignite Karting utilizes the spec Margay Ignite K3 with a Briggs & Stratton 206 engine and a Hoosier R80 tire. Everyone in the junior, senior, and master's classes compete on the same Ignite K3 chassis, which puts all the emphasis squarely on driver development. Additionally, Ignite Karting is accessible at the local, regional, and national level. Special events for the 2023 season include the Ignite Majors, which begins with the annual trip to the Daytona International Speedway as part of the WKA Daytona Kart Week as part of both the sprint and road racing events. Those in the Midwest can enjoy the regionally based Ignite Challenge, which just finished up a record setting season in 2022. Local club programs have also been established in other states all across the country, from Idaho to Texas, Nebraska to New York, with more tracks and clubs joining the Ignite Karting program. Be part of fast fun and great memories with Margay Racing at an Ignite track near you. 
All information on Ignite events and Ignite Cart packages, including dealers in your area, are available at ignitecarting.com. Get off the couch and out onto the track in 2023. Ignite Karting. Fuel your passion. Acceleration Kart Racing is your first and only stop on the internet for carts, parts, and the safety gear you need to get you on the track. Visit shopakr.com for a great selection of karting equipment on a user-friendly website. Acceleration Kart Racing has aligned itself with many of the top manufacturers and distributors of the sport to ensure all the latest equipment is available to you, the racer. With over 20 years in business and customer support available six days a week, you can be confident about getting the right parts at the right price when you need them. Be sure to visit shopakr.com today or stop by their headquarters in Las Vegas. Make sure to follow Acceleration Kart Racing on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest specials and new arrivals. We are back. Time to wrap up this edition of the EKN Debrief, episode number 117. Rob Howden alongside David Cole. It's been a long one, a lot of categories at Rock Island. But again, wrapping up uh, the other another report from the Labor Day Classic. David, uh, let's give you the opportunity to wrap things up as well. What's, the, what's your overall feel on kind of wrap up the event and the report itself? Yeah, as I said earlier, you know, spectators on Saturday seemed a little bit low, but it looked like there was a lot more people there on Sunday. Hopefully the it was part of the weather. It was great weather throughout the weekend. Uh, so that certainly helped. And uh, again, just kind of got to try and keep continuing to build up that uh, that spectator volume and getting people to Rock Island Grand Prix and the Rock Island area over Labor Day weekend. Obviously, being a holiday weekend and, the, and the, as nice as the weather was, there's probably people going out to the lake, and going boating, and doing other things. But uh, again, hopefully they'll continue to build up the... Uh, the uh what's the word i'm looking for excitement the excitement awareness. yes the awareness and just just the reason a reason to go yeah. to the rock island grand what's Prix. the draw right what's what's the, the draw. overall yeah. draw for sure and again like coming to watch the, the the karting is fun watch the race itself but like you said you want to have more more on the docket when you're at the racetrack i think that's what you're coming with yeah Let- and you know thankfully you know we had good weather uh, you know, as I said, it was pretty sunny out, so everybody had to stay hydrated. So, uh, you know, including the workers, everybody there that were there from, you know, seven in the morning till, you know, six at night. So, uh, it was, uh, thankfully they don't have to bat- battle, uh, rain. So that's, that's a good part. Um, so just staying hydrated and out of the sun and, and keeping in the shade as much as possible. That was certainly a battle. Um, and again, uh, one thing to wrap up the event, you know, we always have the, the year the or the the awards ceremony at the end of the day on Sunday at the ho- at the Holiday Inn, um, and they say it over and over every year. Hey, if you have time, go help out and uh, and do uh, track teardown because again, the city streets have to be open. Come, I think it's what either seven a.m. Monday morning or maybe even six a.m. Monday morning. And you know when you look at the facility or the the racetrack itself, I mean you're looking at six tenths of a mile racetrack plus the side streets that they have to close off for. Um, for pit pass area and paddock area and stuff like that. So this year it was a, there was a, a lot of um, camaraderie among the racers that were there that were going to help uh, and chip in, you know, race Liberance, Chase Jones, Scott Barnes, they all chipped in money to, for drinks for afterwards. 
unfortunately ended up being four hours long that we we're out trackside uh, helping with the teardown process. If and this was my first time being part of it. You know, I never you know, thought about doing it. You know, but everybody was going to be there, so there I stepped down and uh, you know went shirtless and went on and did that. Yeah, I saw the shirtless shot. That was that was impressive. But but Dave, well, you know, Rock, yeah. Rock, Roger Ruth had a post on Facebook. I think it was late last week. I think post or maybe it was even this weekend. Talk about the fact that it's just so hard nowadays to get the the you know volunteer work workers that they've had in years past, right? They've always had volunteer workers who would come out. They would make even a donation to whatever, you know, whatever group brought the volunteer workers, whether it was a band from school, football team, whatever it may be. But there's just, there's people don't want to do that anymore. They don't want to even volunteer to get money for their own sport, whatever they're doing. Right. So there's the, the, they're, they're struggling to find the, the, the volunteer workers. And it's great to see some of the racers and teams step in to, to make it happen. Yeah, that was that was what boiled down to. There was just they had nobody. I think they had a group that were there right when the track closed for a couple of hours to kind of help with, you know, the barriers and, and getting that process in. But you also had all the the fencing that had to come down. So they had to roll all the fencing, get all the sandbags, get all the uh, the, the the barrels that hold the fencing in place. And getting all getting all the off the racetrack and off the uh, area into where they they corral it all. So that was a certainly an interesting process. It's a, it seems to be an easy process, especially if you have the numbers to do it. And yeah. you know, thankfully there were a number of people there: the Dittmer family, um, the uh, the Nielsen family, um, all the uh, Sheer family as well too um rap family they do it every year as well so there was a lot of local families that were there but you also had some people from mpg motorsports magic cart um and some others that were there you know pitching in had some music had some beers you know it was you know we made it as fun as we could yeah. unfortunately the four hours made it a little bit too wow. long so okay. um it's just a lot of work but um yeah so hopefully they'll they'll try and streamline that process i mean again even if you have to uh you know maybe stick you know set up to where one category has this corner, one category has this corner, yeah, something yeah. just to kind of help get the process moving along a little bit quicker. But, uh, but yeah, certainly as Roger says, um, there's gotta be a way to either other programs or, you know, I, I look at, you know, maybe the national guard or something like that, something, you know, where there's actual people who physically can handle this work rather yeah, than, true. you know, high school students who, you know, I have a 15 year old and he's spoiled little brat. So, <laughs> I mean, let's that. face it, you know, there's, there's just that work ethic, you know, we are seeing it across the country and and everything like yep. that. So Very it's, true. it's tough to get. Um, so yeah, hopefully, you know, they got a year to plan it and try maybe hopefully getting a, a cleanup crew that, you know, they can, they can help. It, it could be a win-win for both the Rock Island Grand Prix and whoever they partner up with. Exactly. That. All right, let's cap off this edition of the debrief because we've got races coming. There's another three races. David had he was kind of home for a bit over the summer. We're we're loading David up on events that he's got to go to here uh, over the next month. There's a lot coming, so let's have a look at the Ecan Trackside Live Race Calendar presented by Odenthal Racing Products. Motor mounts are crit critical to producing 100% of the power your engine has and getting it on the podium each and every time. Odenthal Race Products provides the best in the karting market today. Odenthal Racing Products is a family-owned and operated business with decades of karting experience, providing products with unmatched quality and value for the karting market. Check out their Pro Series mount for two-cycle engines and their four-cycle easy set for the Briggs & Stratton 206 power plant. 
Head to OdenthalRacing.com and find a dealer near you. Odenthal Racing Products, made in the USA. All right, David, we have essentially three races over the next four weekends. Uh, you and I are hitting the road here on Thursday. We're heading back down to Newcastle Motorsport Park once again. Back-to-back uh, events at Newcastle. A little gap in the between, but uh, this coming weekend, September 15th, 16th, 17th, time to lock down uh, the Team USA drivers for the uh, the race Rotax program as they'll have their U.S. Trophy final this coming weekend. Yeah, not just Team USA, but exactly uh, international yeah. competitors. I, I think I saw one from Australia coming over to race. You know, you're going to have some Canadians coming down to race for sure. Uh, probably some Central American, South American drivers. So it's it's shaping up to be a big one. You know, hopefully they'll get over that 100 driver mark uh, in the five categories. So that'll be about a 25 cart average per field. Uh, really excited to to see what this year's event has. Agreed. Yeah, we had, a, we had a really good time last year with Justin Stefani and the whole J3 competition crew. They put on a really tidy show. Uh, the racing was amazing. It's Newcastle, but Rotax racing is always a lot of fun to watch. And I really, really enjoyed that weekend we had last year. Henry Baudet and I will be on the broadcast. We're going to be on um, uh, Cart Chaser as well. Xander Clemens will have the Cart Chaser crew there. So all live coverage on Cart Chaser. But David, you and I are going to go back uh, to some of the stuff we used to do in the past as well. We're going to do uh, probably a uh, an EKN uh, live debrief show on on Facebook and YouTube, right? Is that the plan? Yeah, we're going to do that Friday night and Saturday night for sure. We'll see how things go on Sunday if we ended up doing one there. Uh, but yeah, do a little debrief. I think it's going to be you and Henry. I think I'm going to be doing the production side of things oh, right. to make sure okay. things run smooth. So <laughs> right. again, we'll we'll have a meeting on that uh, come Friday morning when we get down there. Love it. Uh, but yeah, really looking forward to it again. It, it was, you know, th- there's something different about the road tax, you know, it, it's a different smell. It's a different feel. Uh, we'll drive a DD2. They're actually going to do DD2 dry. Uh, um, I've never driven one. Uh, yeah. So I've never driven one as well too. So uh, that'll be interesting. And again, just to, just to, for people to kind of test and, and see what it's like uh, again, then they'll have the tire changing contest as well too. one of the nights. So a lot's planned for, for what will be a busy three day, uh, event in at Newcastle, but uh, fun factors certainly on the on the schedule. And be ready for all the stuff we have coming, as we normally do, folks, with our EK and Trackside live races. Right, we're going to have the uh, the, the uh, Outlap podcast. David Loud recording that uh, on on Tuesday to get ready to go for the weekend. We'll have the full preview. David will be Trackside. It'll be a full EK and Trackside program for us that weekend. Two weekends later, though, David, a little bit different, as you and I are both going to be strapping on the helmets. Cup Carts North America has their Grand National Seven the seventh edition of the CKNA Grand Nationals program, which has absolutely exploded. Last year was the biggest one they've ever had. Again, back at Newcastle Motorsports Park again. David, this one coming up right now, I think I just saw, what was it 345 entries? They were pitching out there today or more? No, 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 385. So it's it's already matched last year's total for the event. So we're pre-entries are already ahead or have already matched what we had total. So the record total last year has already been surpassed just Man. in pre-entries. Wow, that's amazing. So looking forward to that one, of course, David, as we mentioned earlier, running with uh, uh, the CRG crew. David, rolling that back up again. I'll be back with the guys on the Coyotes with Precision Performance Karting, John Seglum and uh, Brandon Jarsakrak. So looking forward to that as well. You you fired up to give another shot at the, uh, the FS4? Yeah, fifth time is a charm, right? Um, no, they've, they've done some changes to it this year. You know, Ryan Sprowski has been working hard with LSR Motorsports and CRG Nordam, 
Um, actually did a, a test on Saturday at, at Michiana Raceway Park, uh, kind of snuck out and I saw that. Didn't, didn't let anybody know about that. So kind of stealth mode on that just to, uh, again, try and try and be better prepared. I think, uh, you know, the track time at Rock Island, getting sessions this past weekend, getting in a DD2 this weekend. I think just being in the seat will overall help me. This will be the uh, best you've this will be the best you've ever been prepared, David. I'm not a sprint racer, I'm a road racer, so I'm trying to adapt. <laughs> so, uh hopefully the fifth time is a charm. Uh again, you know, top 10, top 5 is where I is 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 the goal. Um and we'll see where we shake out, but really what it boils down to is beat Rob Howden. I mean, that's, that's it. That's Hashtag beat David down. Cole. We are <laughs> yes, folks, we are actually going to go head to head against each other this year. David convinced me. Actually, it wasn't even David that convinced me. I, I think you said that Brandon Jarsakrak just said I was 100% running both classes. <laughs> well, I kind of coerced him into it, but I think he was he was ahead. He was already in, into it before I even said anything. So. so I'm running Masters and Legends. You're running Senior Heavy and Masters. That's the key? Yeah, I'm not quite old enough for Legends yet. So we'll, no, a long, uh, we'll yeah, a long way away to get to the Legends, bro. Six years, bro. How old are you right now? 44. Oh, you did. it is six years. Well, all right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll be retired by then. <laughs> well hopefully i'll put you in retirement I'll, this weekend oh listen yeah. david sooner or later you have to beat me sooner or later like come on i know it's 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 sad it is sad it but is it's sad. the racing luck i mean you know there's yeah. guys who never won the daytona 500 that are among the greats there's That's guys who never won the indy 500 who are among the greats I agree it's true true no. true i think you're gonna be good this i think i'm gonna have to really step up my game be able to challenge this year, but I'm looking forward to the challenge for sure. Yeah, um, you've been you've been working out, so at least you got that. I mean, the, the lots that's that's at least there. <laughs> so from there, uh, David will wrap things up. We'll cap off at uh, Newcastle, and David, you'll be home for only a couple of days. We'll crank out a debrief from the event. We'll then do a outlap because you got to go right back on the Thursday down to Trackhouse Motorplex uh, to cap off this year's United States Pro Kart Series, the finale for the USPKS, October sixth to the eighth, Carolina Grand Prix. That I would expect is going to be a barn burner, big time in that category, that that track rather, and that series. Man, it's going to be a fantastic finale. Yeah, the fifth round, the everything boils up to uh, that event. Uh, we, I think, there's a couple championships already decided, if not three. So the the new points format, if you win a lot, it's certainly going to help you because there's not much more uh, people can do over five race rounds. So. Um, aside from that, the racing is going to be fantastic because that's what Trackhouse Motorplex always produces. Uh, you're going to have a number of local racers that are going to be there. So that bumps up the numbers. So it'll probably be a little bit bigger than what we saw at, at Motorsports Country Club and uh, really the, the finale race of the year before we uh, everybody starts turning the pages towards Vegas. Yeah, indeed that. Uh, it'll wrap things up again. As I said, David will cap things off uh, in October at Trackhouse for the finale for the USPKS. That is the ECAN Trackside Live race calendar. Again, big thank you, uh, as always, to all our segment sponsors for that one, of course, the Odenfall Racing Products. And, of course, the show presenter for today, D.I.D. Chain. Thank you so much, folks, for joining us. We do appreciate it. Let's cap things off here. From episode 117 of our EKN Debrief, David Cole has given us a full rundown of the Rock Island Grand Prix. We appreciate you tuning in. Lots more podcasts coming. The more races we have, the more podcasts we have, of course. And we'll have another one coming this week. Outlap for the Race Rotex U.S. Trophy Final. On behalf of David Cole, my name's Rob Howden. Bye for now. (laughs) 